take like a minute here to do a, a quick exercise we've been doing on some memory verses we're working on here. And um, let's see, the memory verse for this week is, uh, what's it, Titus? Titus 3, 5. So anyways, if, if you're new with us, um, sit back, relax. If you're sitting in striking distance with someone who might know this memory verse, make sure they share it with you. But uh, just take a minute or so, practice that, and we'll, just, we'll get started after that. Try not to look up at the screen too much while practicing. Here's going to be, um, uh, we're going to share some things from 
the pastor's conference here, and um, we're just going to talk about some of our thoughts, some of the things God taught us, and then have Greg share some of the things that spoke to him, and then um, Brad will share, and then I'll kind of wrap things up. But uh, um, let's see, before we get started, we'll just pray real quick. I do have a fun little story to kind of uh, get as an icebreaker, maybe. Um, we had a little fun yesterday moving uh, Patrick and Emily Meyer. It was a good time. We had a, half of their stuff went south of town and half went north. And um, I was in a caravan that went north. And I don't know if some of you know that song. If you listen to Caleb at all, you might recognize the song that says something like, uh, Got a few dents in my fender, a few dips in my jeans. You know that song? Well, yes, my wife, she sings that. She likes that song. But, well, anyways, as we were moving to Myers, I added a new dent to my fender here. Um, it's not necessarily planning on. We were, we were driving in this line of cars on 120th Avenue, and traffic stopped pretty suddenly, so I hit the brakes. And I don't know if I had extra stuff in the van or it just didn't slow with its uh, useful speed, but next thing I knew, I hit the bumper on Jack's uh, truck there. And so I was just like, it made a pretty good start. I'm just going, oh, I can't believe this. And Alan luckily hit the brakes, didn't slam in the back of my car. So, uh, but anyway, so the traffic starts moving again, and Zach pulls his truck forward, and I look at his fender, this big, huge chrome fender, and it has a pretty serious dent in it. And I'm just like, oh, my plastic minivan is in trouble here, you know. So uh, anyway, we, we kept driving. We pulled up to the... Uh, it was a Sippy's house where we were dropping this stuff off. And, uh, you know, I was saying on the Lord, somehow this just not be as bad as it seems. You know, I'm thinking my glass up there, the radiator, the grill, and his bumper. And I'm just like, this, is, this doesn't seem good. And so anyways, we get there, we, we look at it, and, and I look, and I, I think, I look at my center, and there's just a little scratch that's noticeable. There's a few odds and ends scratches, but just one, and the plastic is kind of got a serious scratch in it. And I look at his bumper, and I'm going, what in the world? And found out that Zach's bumper had a, a, a pre-existing condition of a, the bumper was, uh, bumper was bent pretty good there. So it was, by God's grace, it wasn't worse. And then for fun, if that wasn't enough, um, you know, uh, we, we were backing in our cars to the Sippy's uh, driveway there and just kind of one car at a time we're back in and they'd unload it and send it. So I was backing in and, you know, I'm, I'm just like freshly shaking from my little fender bender here and then uh, Jeremy's, you know, signaling me up the driveway and he's like, keep coming, keep coming and then, you know, I knew he was going to do something but then he lunges forward and slams into the back of the thing, you know, like I hit something and then Zach, right on cue, jumps out to the side and rolls into the grass and just takes his... He's humble there. So, but I started thinking about it. I was thinking, if I was going backwards, why would he go straight sideways? I don't know how that would work. But anyways, everyone is okay. Add a new dance in the fender. Life's going to go on. The nice thing about a gray minivan is, is that you can fix it with duct tape, you know? So we should be, should be good to go here. But Anyways, I'm going to pray. We're going to share some thoughts and, and trust that God will meet us here and just uh, redeem the few minutes we have left together. So let's just bow our heads and pray together. Heavenly Father, uh, we just thank you for, for bringing us together this morning. We thank you for how good you've been to us, that you've always provided for us as a church, that you've led us from glory to glory and strength to strength. God, we thank you for some of the things you are doing in our midst. 
um, and in this neighborhood. And Lord, I pray that you would just help us to communicate some of the things that you taught us at the conference and maybe even to, um, reveal some things to us of where you might want to take us, Lord. And I pray that you bless us. Any verses that are shared this morning, any thoughts, we just ask you to use this time to shepherd us as your church and your people. And we ask for this grace in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, anyways, I'll uh, just set the table and have Greg come up and then Brad. But uh, the theme of the conference this, this uh, year was, was called Changing Lives. And that theme just came from this, the one verse right here, Colossians 1.6. And it, it's just, they, they use this verse to kind of set the stage for several days of uh, um, teaching there. And um, but I'll just read it. The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. And so really the conference is just centered on this verse in a lot of different ways um, that God has changed lives in our association of churches. Sometimes we'll take a book of the Bible, we've done First Timothy or Second Timothy, and we'll just pass through the chapters. But this time we just uh, had the theme of changing lives and how the gospel has gone out to change lives. And a lot of, uh, several different churches just kind of got to highlight what they had seen God do in their church. And um, there was a lot of encouraging stories and a lot of things that spoke to us here. And so we're just going to share a few of those. I think we were, you know, going to the conference trying to have teachable hearts to say, God, what do you want to speak to us as a church? We had fun out there uh, doing things together. The four of us, we had Greg and Jeff and Brad, and um, we had, you know, had a good time just road tripping together and uh, road tripping back. So we felt like God taught us some things. And also, one of the questions we took out there with us is, God, what do you have next for our church? We've been wondering about, is this a location? Are you going to move us on? Are you moving us up to this warehouse you have? What do you have for us next? And I think as we compared notes, uh, we had a tie-down time at the end of our pastor's conference where we just sat down before us. We compared notes of what God was teaching us. And then we kind of looked at, at those things that he was teaching us in light of what God might be doing with us in this building up the hill from us and the situation we're in now. And it's just really, I think it clarified things in a lot of ways. But we'll uh, just let Greg Miller just start off here and sharing first. If you guys give him a warm welcome up here. off a little story. Uh, um, some of you know Tom Brown, who was uh, with the church in Fort Collins, and is now in El Paso, the pastor down there. Um, and at one point I was standing with Brad, and, and he offered this great sort of piece of encouragement to Brad. He said, hey, I just really see how you, the pastors from the firehouse, really have a love for each other, and when the pastors have a love for each other, that's going to influence and affect everybody else. And I think that's definitely true. And something else I learned more about Brad on this trip is something I knew before, but I did not realize exactly how much Brad has a love for bacon. Um, apparently, uh, when you know Brad just got married about a month ago, and uh, one of the things on his gift registry was a bacon press. It's a big piece of cast iron that you put on the bacon, and it smooths it out, and it makes it very flat when it cooks. And you're probably wondering why I know about this. Well, probably at least a half dozen times I heard Brad tell the story about how excited he was about his bacon press. Can you figure out, like, I, I couldn't figure out how could you work that into a conversation? Once, 
much less six times. So we know we knew Brad loved bacon, but now we really know how much Brad loved bacon. Um, so with that being said, <laughs> some of the uh, encouraging, obviously there was a lot of, of great things that came out of the conference, but uh, one one scripture I wanted to share um, that was a. Uh, uh, it was mentioned at one time, and it was kind of just laid on my heart. I feel like when I go to these uh, pastors' conferences, um, I really get the sense that I'm in the presence of great men, of great leaders. Um, and so the, the verse, uh, verse 7 of Hebrews chapter 13 says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And I think that last phrase, imitate their faith, is really significant. It doesn't necessarily say uh, imitate everything they do. It says imitate their faith. And I think uh, we have a great opportunity here in the firehouse to imitate the faith uh, that our pastors have. Um, I think as we go forward here, uh, obviously we talked a great deal about moving to a new facility and what that would entail. Um, and we've also, of course, been, been talking a lot about continuing to share the gospel. Um, I think we need to remember that uh, sharing the gospel and getting the good news out is our ultimate goal, and there's a lot of different paths to get there. I think we all have uh, different spiritual gifts, um, and we should use those spiritual gifts not for the sake of using those spiritual gifts. We shouldn't do things as a result of that for the sake of doing those, but we should be doing everything for the sake of getting the gospel out and seeing people saved and seeing their lives changed. So, um, to do that, obviously we're now talking about, oh, we're going to move into this building and there's going to be a lot of work, but the goal of getting into this building is so we can use this building so we can get the gospel out. However that is, whatever sort of projects or, or paths or methods or whatever we're going to do to get there. But what I want to encourage you all is that uh, in the coming weeks, I think we're in months, however long it takes us to get through this, um, your pastors and, and me with them and I think some of the other leaders are going to be encouraging you all to, to be part of this process whether it's uh, financially or uh, through donating your time and your labor uh, to make it happen. There's going to be a lot of work involved here. But I don't want this and I think pastors would agree we don't want this to be just we're in a process so we can get to a building so we can we can do these things. I want this process to be a chance to share the gospel. So I want you all to be thinking about and praying about how can we invite people to do this? How can we encourage people to come alongside us in the process of, of building this building and putting it together? And let's, let's use the process as a way to get the gospel out to people. So that's something that's going to be in that. Thank you, Greg. Uh, so, Greg, uh, welcome Brad up here, and we can maybe uh, share some things with you on your heart. Maybe clarify the bacon stuff a little more. Come on. It's a good thing. It was, uh, actually, Sarah put it on the registry without my knowledge. I kind of joked about it, and she added it. And unfortunately, I think it's mostly wives that go into what is it, bed, bed, bath, and beyond, and buy things on the registry. So that one did not get picked up. So I commissioned Sarah to go back and find the bacon press. So I used it the day before we left, and it had this, like, perfectly evenly cooked bacon. It was all flat to put on stuff, and it encouraged my heart, you know. But I think uh, something else kind of humorous that came out of this is we left it at 4 in the morning 
the day we, or four or five, something like that. But I was up pretty early the day we left, and so I didn't exactly like get in a full shower and shave and stuff. So if I skip a day of shaving by the night, I'm a little on the uh, not shaving side. So the guys started calling me scratchy because I wasn't shaved, and some of you know my father-in-law, Bob. He was out there uh, with his church. The pastors asked him to come out just to be with them, just as a man that's serving and leading the church if they're in love with him. He uh, has done a ministry in the past of being a clown, and his, his clown name is Chuckles. And so the guys started joking that it would be Chuckles and Scratchy together, and that I should join my father-in-law in ministry, doing a clown ministry. So they were talking through. I already kind of have giant shoes, so that part's taken care of. And, um, but there was a lot of joking about that. Anyway, we, had, we had a good time out there. It's fun to hit the road with the men and to pray together and just to dream together a little bit. See some of the other churches. So one of the one of the things talked about the theme of the conference is just changing lives. And so one thing that was unique about this conference compared to other ones is they kind of had less of a time to just do. Some of them have been kind of like the faith walkers conferences we've done with us, just a lot of teachings in a row and trying to process it all. This year they spent probably about two full days of just letting men share about what they were doing in their church to change life, what they were doing to get the good news out, to apply faith. And in some ways I think my heart originally was going, well, that's good, but two whole days of it. I don't know how this is going to encourage me and uh, give me something to take back to, you know, for us to bless our church with and for us to get input from. But I think... I think the Lord eventually changed my heart and spoke to me that I needed to have a good attitude and not be in sin there. And, uh, we were just really blessed looking at some of the examples of these other churches. They had a few, I think one from Des Moines and, and from Utah and out in Carolina. And just some of the churches share what they were doing to get the gospel out. And I think it really encouraged our hearts. Some of the ones I think about, there was a, one church that had, they were in kind of a more rural area, so they started this whole cowboy church. They actually... I think they made this whole facility out there. They had animals. They would put on rodeos just to get the gospel up. So they would have a whole church where they'd do country music. They'd do the rodeo. Um, eventually, they, they'd have rodeos there. Eventually, the high school association of the state came and asked them if they'd be willing to host their high school state championships at their church. And it was just a good example to me of um, just to get out there and do something with the gospel that it wasn't... It wasn't immediately obvious if you read the words, start a cowboy church, but there are men that saw, boy, the Lord wants me to take responsibility and reach the people down the street from me. And I think in Highlands, it probably does not look like a cowboy church, but it was, it was good for us to see. That's men that, that saw what God wanted to do, and they took action in faith with the gospel. Um, I think one thing I wrote down from the time, I kind of circled and underlined and went back to, is just to just try something. I was encouraged by the men that they had all kinds of different methods, some something closer to what we're looking at, maybe like a warehouse. Some men had gotten, like I look at Rick, he took a few maps in Manhattan, Kansas, just bought an old church building and, and built it up. And then there was a cowboy church, and there was other examples in the city. But my, what I was coming away with is that they were trying something for the gospel. And um, a verse that I don't think it was even shared at the conference, but God was really speaking to me on is in Proverbs 14. Verse 23 says, All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. 
And I was encouraged with this verse specifically as it related to the gospel. That all hard work in the gospel it does bring a profit to God, it brings a profit to the church, it brings a profit to our soul in the evolve of the gospel. But just talking about it brings a spiritual poverty. If we just talk about the gospel, if we just talk about getting it to people and we sit in the church building every Sunday and sing, I think God's honored by that. But I think God wants us to take a whole other step and ask Him, how can we get out and reach the people in this community? How can we take the gospel to them? And I think I was encouraged in my heart as we look at this warehouse space that just talking about the gospel, just talking about reaching our neighbors isn't, in one sense, very profitable. But if we actually take steps of faith, God will bless that. Um, one other verse that God was speaking on is in James 2.18. But someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. I think the verse is talking about we don't have to work so hard for salvation, we don't have to work so hard for the Lord, we can just have faith that He'll work on our behalf. And I was specifically praying about that verse as it related to the gospel. I think a lot of people can say, Well, I have faith, God will bring me people to share with, God will reach this neighborhood somehow if we sit in here every Sunday. But I was encouraged seeing men that showed their faith by what they did for the gospel. And I think God was really speaking to our hearts to be men like that. That showed our faith and how we wanted to reach our neighbors with our work in the gospel. And I think um, a couple of things we did out there, even they had us do a time of prayer. They did just do a time of just like you knocking on doors and going out and doing prayer on the porch like you got this did Wednesday. It was a reminder of our faith was showed not just in our speech, but what we're doing for it. Um, I think a lot of you were out... I think we went out Tuesday night, we did it in St. Louis, knocked on doors and prayed with people in a whole other city and kind of pointed them to a local church out there. And you know, How many of you were out Wednesday night doing prayer on the porch? It's a good chunk. I think that's good, good for our soul just to get out and talk to people. And I'd encourage you, if you haven't been with us for a prayer on the porch Wednesday, we'll do it not this Wednesday, but next one we'll probably be out there again to join us and, and be putting our faith into action. And, I think even just be praying about how maybe a building or some things around the summer is a way for us to take involvement with the gospel, to put it forward specifically by going into action, whether it's financially, whether it's with our time, whether it's just getting the gospel out or knocking on doors and meeting our neighbors, that God wants us to be involved and to look in the mirror and say, I'm not going to be a man or a woman that talks about obeying you, that talks about being in the gospel, but I want to be one that does it. I want to be one that puts it into action. So that's, I want to encourage you Good. It was a good, a great conference. So, you know, um, I think one of the fun things we did, a little thing, uh, one of the nights after all the feastings, uh, it might have been after we went out knocking on doors um, and praying with people, they had an event that there was a little uh, church there in St. Louis that we were knocking on doors and we had a track they gave us that said, Hi, my name is Rich and I'm with Life Spring Community Church. And, uh, you know, we had this that we just went through, but we basically passed out these flyers and invited a bunch of people to a barbecue the next night at a park, and the, the church was there with face painting, I think they had their band there and things like that, but, um, so the night that, ever, that the barbecue was to occur, uh, we, you know, someone called the pastor there and asked how it was going, and it sounded like they had um, 
they estimated that they had somewhere between 150, 100 to 150 new people from the neighborhood showed up at their event on top of, you know, probably another 100 or so from their church. So it was, um, uh, so it was very successful. A lot of people showed up. A lot of people got prayed for whether they showed up or not. But it just seemed like God blessed the faith. And one of the thoughts that Jeff shared in our tie-down time that I passed on to was, he just shared how encouraged he was about the church that we have. He said some of these pastors that were at the conference had never gone out and knocked on doors and asked to pray. And he said, well, we did that last week and we're doing it tomorrow night. And he was just very encouraged by, um, by your faith and your examples and stuff there. And um, but let's see here. One of the fun things we did after that night was we went out to the St. Louis Arts. Anyone ever seen the St. Louis Arts? It's a, it's a pretty phenomenal thing. I saw it a number of years ago, and I pretty much had forgotten what it looked like. I, I didn't remember exactly, but we saw it at nighttime this time, um, and it was, it was just kind of wild. And we, there were seven of us. There were all four from Denver, and then, or actually, there were six of us. Four from Denver, and then we added in Tom Brown and Steve Nelson from El Paso. We all went to the arts to check it out. At one point, we had a—I don't know if it was official, like call your wife time out or something like that—but we had all six of us call home to our wives. Um, it happened to be in, in Denver here. Um, let's see, Morgan and uh, Sarah and uh, who else is there? Christine was there as well, and so we all called, and it was kind of a competition. That Megan was there as well. <laughs> we, we had a competition to call. We all called at the same time. We were going to say, who's going to pick up first? Who's going to win this competition? And they were going to watch the movie, so we wanted to say they going to pick up at all, but, uh, but they did. And, uh, but it was funny. So there were six, six passes. Just what we ended up doing, a lot of us laid down on benches looking up at the arts, talking to our wives. And, and I looked up one time, they're still laying down talking, I laid back down. And it was just a pretty cool thing to see everyone connecting with their wives, those they love back home, um, even though we were out at the conference. So it was, what's that? Uh, my dear wife won the conference Yeah, I left I think Sarah had trouble getting to her father was stuck in her purse or something like that, and Christine might not have heard her ring, so I was like, I was baby, that's good. I wanted to bet that night a little bit, no, we didn't bet anything, but it was a good time. But, um, you know, for me, one of the things I came away with, and it's fairly obvious, is just that if I had a, a word that I would pick would be um, the gospel, you know, it's kind of a, not, um, not, too crazy to thought, and the whole thing was about the gospel and how it changes lives. But it just went, you know, I, I, I was pretty humbled by what some of these other churches were doing. We went out there and just heard these different ideas and ways they were trying to get the gospel out. And I had sort of sense and time down ago, I feel like I, I try to get the gospel out personally and be an example. And by the time they were done sharing the stories, I'm like, I'm just pathetic with the gospel here. I, I thought I was pretty decent. And, and so I was just impressed by the training, you know, some of the training that people do in their churches. A lot of them still do um, this uh, program called the Outreach Class, and it's very, very thorough with the gospel. But the people that shared those stories were people who were still seeing lives change, people reached with the gospel in ways that are beyond the average results we see, uh, you know, in America. And there's a very, uh, the tool is a very thorough tool, but it's kind of like if you can fight with a sword, uh, then you probably know how to use, you know, a pocket knife or something like that. The skills you get from a tool like that allow you to have more security and confidence in sharing, whether it's sharing the track, whether it's sharing a, a full-blown gospel presentation that takes a little while. But uh, I was just impressed in my heart that I think God wants us to train more and more as a church to, to get equipped so that we don't have as many fears, to get more skilled with the gospel, more effective. Um, 
And uh, some other things were, you know, I was just reminded of the verse, there's this verse here that says, go, get the gospel out. You know, one of the verses of why we even came to Denver, uh, when we were in Fort Collins with the church up there, and we were just praying about, should we go to Denver or not? We were just, you know, trying to hear from God on that. But one of the verses I remember spoke to me was when Jesus was talking in Luke 4, and he said, uh, he said this in 443, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also. That is why I was sent. And I was just reminded of, you know, the whole reason we ended up in Denver was because we felt the need to get the gospel out here. And sometimes it's easy to just get buried in the work of things. And as pastors, especially as someone shares a verse about um, lift up your eyes, the fields are life to harvest. And I was struck again by, I've heard that verse a jillion times, but I was struck by the idea of, Lift up your eyes. You know, we can have our, our eyes so focused on our responsibilities, our tasks, our things before us. And Jesus specifically says in, in John chapter 4, I think the ESV is where it says, Lift up your eyes and see the harvest. And I think sometimes we have our nose to the grindstone so much we miss the harvest is all around us. And I started thinking through the Highland neighborhood, what opportunities we have here. We've got young young couples, young families moving into this neighborhood by the droves. We've got a uh, the part of town that is kind of on the up-and-coming scene in Denver. They're, they're still fixing up buildings, and uh, it's like there's a wave of, of progress coming in the neighborhood, and God has placed us there right at the beginning of the wave. Um, there's things I think about, like there's the Highlands Mommies group that's in the neighborhood that has hundreds of moms that are just communicating about life with moms and things like that, and I go, what could we do in that environment to encourage moms and to get the gospel out there? Um, think about some different um, the campus, the area campus, just, you know, we can see it down the street from us there, and uh, 40,000 students, many international students, and a way that some of you might know, it comes from the, the Latin word uh, for gold, you know, and I just, you know, we've got gold right down the hill, we've got gold, and then over the gospel opportunities all over the place. Um, Think about pre-marriage counseling classes we could do in the neighborhood because, uh, you know, many couples are coming together and uh, meeting or getting married and, and coming in the neighborhood here. But so many opportunities. So it was fun to sit down and um, as we were comparing notes, um, you know, uh, about the building, all these things that we saw, every one of them is like, yeah, we could use we could use this building up the street for something like that. We could use it for equipping better. We could use it for outreaches, for doing, they, they told the different outreach events from coffee houses to, um, uh, you know, just compassion projects, all sorts of things that we could get the gospel out in so many different ways. So as we look at what we were learning in light of, oh, it's God moving us to this building, it's God's hand in this, it just became real clear. Um, and one, God wants us to get the gospel. That's the point here. We need to go with the gospel. Um, go is it's kind of like go doesn't necessarily mean change your location as much as it means get some action going. Get out there with the gospel. That's, we know for sure God wants us to do that. Um, but then there's uh, you know, another thing we've been just looking at this girl, and it was very interesting. We, we met, we had our tie-down time, we shared thoughts, we ran around the table and see what God was teaching us. And then we said, okay, boy, you know, seems pretty clear about if God would have us to use this building to accomplish some of these things that he put on our heart. We've, we've been united in, in the process as pastors and with Greg as a deacon and also an architect on the, in the situation here. And um, we just kind of go, you know, we knew we were going to make a decision sometime, but I think the decision is really come down to, um, you know, it's not like, should we do this or should we not? I think the real decision is, 
should we follow the Lord into this or not? You know, and this question is not whether we're deciding what to do or God comes to do it. It's like, he's, he's doing something and, and do we want to follow along with this? And we all have united hearts and saying, yeah, we think we should move forward with this building here. During uh, the meeting, I got a phone call, went to my voicemail. I had left a message with the owner of the building here, and he's been kind of saying, well, you know, there's another church who wants to come in. We'll, we'll work with you, we'll be flexible. But they said, I checked my voicemail after the meeting, and um, it was kind of a, an unofficial 30-day notice to vacate the building, you know. And so I was like, we, we, we just saw these things come together, I have a letter in hand here. We got the official letter here that says that the church is coming in, they want to take full ownership of the building, and we have for July 31st to, to relocate. And then they said they'd be flexible along the way, um, you know, if we need another month or something like that. But I just see God's hand in it. He's opened up the door here, He's shown us how we could use this as a part of our vision of getting the gospel out, making disciples. And then we're getting a little nudge from behind saying, oh yeah, by the way, uh, you know, I'm shooting you on here. So um, uh, this is one of the verses we read uh, oh, when we had that tie-down time. And in the quiet time, in the one-year Bible that day, there was uh, the story of these prophets that we were talking to Elijah about. Hey, look, uh, the place we meet with you is too small for us. Let's go to the Jordan where we can each get a pole and build a place for us to live. And Elijah said, and go. Uh, Elijah said, go. And you know, I was talking about them. In some ways, I felt like we, we were kind of we were going to have a meeting that, I, that afternoon. I was having my quiet time. I read this verse. And I was trying to figure out how does this relate, you know. And I saw this this thing here. Oh, the place we meet with you is, is too small, so let's move on. And I was trying to think. Well, it's a pretty big place, you know. Volume-wise, this place is not too small. But the Greg Greg stopped and said, but it is too small. You know, he said, for everything we've just listed that God wants us to do, the training, the outreach, all the things, uh, the capacity, the usage we have of this building is too small for what God wants to do. And it, it became a little more clear this place is too small for the things God wants to accomplish through us. And, um, and so, and then, it, you know, said, let us go, and they, they built a place there and stuff. But uh, I think there's just a lot of things that we're pointing to. Later on in that same passage, you, you might have read in the one-year Bible, the story about the, uh, the lepers, that they're getting starved to death in their, their city, um, and they said, you know, let's, let's go turn ourselves into the enemy camp over here. And if they let us live, we live, you know, because if we stay here, we're going to starve. But if they let us live, great. If they kill us, well, we're going to die anyway. And you might know the story, they went to the camp there, and... Um, you know, they found out that the whole camp had vacated, and they had all left. And it says this, it's uh, 2 Kings chapter 7, it says, Then they said to each other, oh, well, first it says, The men who were up with reached the edge of the camp, they entered one of the tents, they ate and drank and carried away silver, gold, and clothes, and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from that and also hid them. Then it says, then they said to each other, we're not doing right. This is a day of good news, and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait for daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go and report this. But there was a thought that was shared the conference was, uh, you know, we're kind of like those lepers in a lot of ways. We have good news to share, and are we, you know, it's a day of good news, and are we keeping it to ourselves? And again, it just reaffirms uh, the need and the desire we have to get the gospel out. Um, but anyways, we, we get a sense it's a decision of going with God, and we, we decided we should probably go with God on this one. Um, 
the one way is just going from this building. You know, we've got notice in hand that we need to get moving, and uh, we have about roughly a month. You could be thinking about that in the back of your head. These are two, two options to be praying about, but one is... Uh, uh, whether we land somewhere temporarily, we move from here to someplace temporarily, and we work on the building and the projects and the things that are going to have to get done there. Another is somehow God miraculously just has that building move so fast that we are able to transition into there uh, fast and safely and legally as possible. But um, but be praying about this. We're going to need to meet somewhere else, and we have. Uh, you know, our days are numbered here. We knew a while back our days were numbered, but now they have a more specific number. I think 30 is like the number that we have there, um, or 31, July 31st. So, but join us in, in praying about that. We're essentially moving from this building. We're essentially moving to this warehouse. Uh, all the people we sought counsel from just say, you know, that's a, it's an amazing location. Um, the building, uh, you know, there's a guy from Salt City or from Provo, Steve McNoy. Their church, they did something like this. They took a warehouse, they tackled it, uh, they cleaned it up, they made a coffee bar, they did all these things, and they're using it for the gospel, and people are getting saved and equipped there. And he, he came into the building, the warehouse, and he said, I see it, you know, and we're like, okay, cool, you know, and uh, said, you know, it's not going to be Steve McEnroe's project this time. It's going to be our project, you know. So, um, but we we sense we're going with God on this one, and we'll just keep praying. It's going to be, we'll probably have a, probably do a series down the road. We'll just talk through some of the more details about what this is going to look like, what it's going to require, what a time schedule might be like. But we just thought we'd announce, and kind of announce that decision here um, before the church today. I think the last thing we're going to look at here, and we'll close things up, is... Um, we believe God wants us to go with faith. You know, um, it's, the story here is one about, um, you might remember that God was leading his people into, uh, across the Jordan into the land he had promised. And so Simon was a little different. The last time he led him to the Red Sea, you know, it's kind of, I think they had an easier deal there. They went to the Red Sea and he said, basically, I'm going to part the waters and you're going to walk through it, you know, and it's like, as a person who's following, you get what's a no-brainer. The Red Sea has parted. It's dry land. We should walk across so then he doesn't get us. But in this next situation with Joshua, it was a little different. He said, um, um, you know, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. You know, in a lot of ways, uh, boy, if the Red Sea is parted, you go, okay, I can walk through it. I'm not a rocket scientist, so I can figure this one out. Um, but in this situation, it would require more faith because they had to actually step into the river. There was no dry ground. There was no. They had to step in and get their feet wet. And after they did that, uh, the passage goes on to say that uh, the water would, would heap up and it would allow them to cross through and stuff like that. But we get a sense that we're going to have to go with faith. It's not going to be. Um, we see all the numbers and we have everything in the savings account that we need. And for it's just going to be real easy. It's going to require faith. And even like Greg shared earlier, the thought of uh, imitate their faith. There were so many stories shared at the conference of how God had done cool things with these churches. And, and so many examples of them wanting to get the gospel out. And, and those people walking by faith. And you now we have our opportunity to walk by faith. And uh, a lot of people who walk in by faith into situations like this where they turn the building around and use it for the gospel, a lot of them say it was awesome, it united our church, we're more effective now. Um, but you know, in a lot of ways, that's all theory for us. We now get to step into the river and walk by faith and trust that God will have us 
parts of forest there, but I don't think it uh, would be without us getting our feet wet and, and walking into some things we might not fully see. We're going to give you details as, as we get them and as we have plans. We're going to talk to our leadership and we'll probably do a church-wide, um, maybe a one-month teaching on things related to the vision that we have and how this building fits into it. But I encourage you to be praying for that. Pray for a gospel opportunities like this shared. Pray, um, you know, pray that we just keep in step with God on this one. And also just pray that each one of us is our men and women of faith here, that we, um, even if we can't see some of the things we know of the God who we're following, we know what he's done for us in the past, we know what he's done for others who trusted him in situations like this, and we just ask you guys to unite with us in, in prayer, and, you know, specifically we might even be praying about the next step, you know, if there's a temporary spot, um, we're just going to ask the God to show us. We've looked around the neighborhood, tried to price some things out, but sometimes God doesn't you know, open the door up and so the other one's pretty close, you know, and so we're, we're just going to watch them to answer prayers for this, you know, set of temporary location. So, anyway, that's, uh, that's kind of the summary of, uh, of the conference there, of getting the gospel out and uh, walking by faith, using this building as a tool. This, this building will only be a tool to try to accomplish what we think God wants us to do here. So, um, we're excited about that and we'll be you know, giving more details and more vision and plans as we go here. Greg Miller's working on the design that we're going to pass on to a general contractor that uh, gives us an estimate of cost, even better. But um, if you know people that have skills, you know, whether it's uh, licensed plumbers or uh, electricians or uh, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning people, um, you know, let us know. We'll take names, numbers, emails, leads of all sorts, and we'll see what God does there. But, Go ahead and pray, and we'll continue on with a great Sunday morning here. Heavenly Father, we do we do just thank you again that you are good. You're, uh, I think of how the scriptures say you give every good and perfect gift. We we have received it from you, from our Father of us. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that in the last even a number of years you've led us from place to place to place, but each one. Um, just at the right time, each one with even uh, greater glory than the last place has, God. And we, we just want to follow you here, Lord. We want to be effective for you. Lord, our heart is that we will see more and more life change in this neighborhood and on the campus here. Lord, ultimately we know you've called us to reach the world, God. We, we don't want to limit the scope of the mission you've given, but we ask you for help. We ask you for faith. We ask you for obedience. Um, we ask you for opportunities, even in the middle of, of some of the work that lies ahead of us, Lord. And um, so, uh, we thank you in advance. Thank you that you are gracious and you are good. And we know that. And we, we just pray these things together in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming this morning. Uh, remember, fun, fun nights, Wednesday nights, or, or someone else said, uh, but normally it's fun. It's more fun night, I think is what it should be called. And then uh, right back here Sunday, we'll be sharing uh, some things I think related to this whole thing from Acts chapter 19. So uh, anyways, have a great week, and we'll, we'll see you guys, see you the Wednesday or Sunday.